0: Podcast is a proud member of the Fan FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey.
1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast: Three Blues, Three Opinions, One Everton Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 97 of the Unholy Shancy Podcast. Brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first and also fanatics. Listen, what a what a day to record the day after, the night before. Lee's back. He he paddleboarded all the way from the lakes. Down the Mersey, right up to uh, got off of Bramley Moor and walked, walked past uh, Sandville, straight up to Goodison Park. So great to have Lee back on the show. Nice for you to join us, uh, Lee, after such a, a great occasion yesterday. Um, but, listen, we, we, we're going to start. to are going to jump straight in because all the talk before the game was about, obviously, the manager. Uh, his first game at Goodison Park, what kind of reception would he get? If we don't win, it'll turn sour. If can go behind, it, it'll turn sour. You know, how are the players going to handle that? But Lee, you you were both there. What a, what an absolutely fantastic win, first of all. But what a fantastic response, Lee, to going one 0 down.
2: Yeah, mate. It was it was a it was a massive occasion, really, wasn't it? Um, there's not been a lot of positivity around the club in the last sort of six weeks since Rafa's come in. Uh, or even slightly before that since Carlo left and Pete and I went to the game we walked down we were chatting about it saying you know if we go one nil down here or when we're struggling as good as it is having fans back it could quite conceivably go the other way here you know the fact we've not brought any marquee signings in the fact Hammers was missing we were all get, you know most of us were gutted about that um, and then obviously what sort of receptions Rafa going to get and everything else so it was kind of a weird sort of It was great to be back, obviously, and seeing Goodison walking down there and all that and the atmosphere. And um, But yeah, you know, you just said it there, mate. The key bit was to get the win, you know, by hook or by crook. It was just key to, you know, to get those first points on the board because, you know, Rafa, as the manager, is going to need to win us over as fans, isn't he? And also, we'll come on to talk a bit about him later. But yeah, yeah, to go 1 0 down in summary from a sort of Let's be honest, a bit of a non-entity first half. They didn't really create much, a couple of set pieces. We probably looked the most dangerous just slightly, but it was still a little bit bit sort of, um, you know, slow and safe and a bit laborious at times. There was no real tempo, even though we had a full house. And then the second half, it was very much like the opposite of that. We started with a lot more tempo. Um, You made a couple of little tactical changes, and and then, you know, we got the girly goal, and then we looked like the most likely. We had a little bit of a dip, and then arguably, actually, we we, we scored a little bit against the runner play in that second half. They had a, a sort of three or four corners, didn't they? And we starting to you know have, have a little bit of pressure. Uh, Giannepo was causing a bit of problems out wide, wasn't he? Against uh, on, on their left side, our right. But yeah, great to win it, mate. Absolutely great to get the first you know the, the points on the board because it was vital, really. Because whilst everyone's saying we've got an easy start. You know, those are the sort of teams that we sort of struggled against a little bit last year. Um, and I don't think Leeds, you know, even though they got hammered, um, their first home game, they're going to be well up for that, aren't they? Next game up, so I don't think that'll be a shoo-in by any means.
0: And going back to even before the game, Pete, you know, Lee mentioned there, you walk up to the ground, you know, you see all the videos, the, the pictures. You know, everyone was 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 on a high up early yesterday morning. You know, uh, butterflies, I'm sure were. Kicked in for, for everyone. What what was it like in and around the ground before the game, getting back inside Goodison Park? I had a quick chat before we recorded about that, but what was it like for yourself being back in there, being back in the city that you, you always sit in and being around familiar faces? Do you know what? It, it was really strange because before the game, I, I, I
1: can remember thinking, you know, it might feel a little bit different. It might feel odd, but as soon as we were down the side of Stanley Park and you see the grounds, you know, for, yeah, The fan zone was closed. That was probably the only major difference. But in terms of the atmosphere around it, you know, it was bustling, busy, people smiling, people shaking hands, hugging. As soon as you got into the stadium, I can remember actually feeling quite shocked by just that level of busyness. You know, I'm sure it was the same for many people with the way the world's been. I don't think any of us have been exposed to that sort of. exposure to that number of people congregating in one space. So just even like being close to people queuing up, um, you know, in the kiosk to get a, to get a pint or a snack or, you know, the, it's a small stadium, Goodison, but I'm a big fella. So when, whenever I'm sat in the seats, my my legs and my arms are always touching whoever's next to me. And even that was, even that was strange. Um, but it was great. It, you know, it felt really, really good just to be back, um, having full capacity, football with fans there it's you know it's so so important it was uh it was really great and let's hope it's you know it's here to stay now let's hope we don't look back
2: yeah i'd yeah. agree with that I, i'm saying to you guys then off um before we start recording there was a couple of you know i, I took some photos i know it's done a few to you mike in that but there's a couple of like really beautiful moments You know what i mean where people were just embracing um proper full-on hugs and everything else. You know, they've obviously, you know, these people, are, you know, a lot of the people there are season ticket holders some several years, 15, 20 years, whatever, and they, they go the game. That's what they do. And that's been obviously deprived of everyone for, you know, the best part of 18 months. And it was just some really lovely images that I'll, I'll just remember, you know, people that actually, you know, just been absolutely ecstatic being, being, being back there, really. Um, and it was quite an emotional moment, Pete. We said that, didn't we? You know, when they played, Obviously, um, the obituary, that was quite sad when you saw how long that went on. Um, and then, obviously, you know, the siren kicked in. Um, and then they obviously extended the siren for a little bit longer, I suppose, to get it to get it cranked up. And it's quite emotional. You know, it's quite emotional for us as fans, you know, when Zed cars kicked in. you know There, there was a little, you know, I could well up a little bit, you know. And God knows what it must have been like for the players as well, because these guys haven't played in front of, you know, that crowd for a long time either. Um, so, you know, it must have been quite emotional for a few of those guys as well, I think, coming out to that. I thought it was great
1: what Calvert-Lewin said on, on Match of the Day. He said, you know, despite all the goals he scored last season, the one he got yesterday was by far his favourite of the lot, you know, just, yeah. just by virtue of having the fans there to to witness it. So I thought that was that was
2: awesome. 100%, yeah. And I, I just said, as I said to you guys before as well, I think we went 1-0 down there. And I think there's an argument to be made that, we could have possibly lost that game 1-0 if it had been this time last year with no fans. I'm not saying that for definite, but I think the fans played a big part in that second half in, in you know, dragging us over the line again, you know, creating that atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, the classic sort of almost sucking the ball into the Gladys Street net type thing. Do you know what I mean? Just because of how vocal they were. And we pushed Salampton back a lot more in the second half, as I said, and played with a lot more tempo. So yeah, it was just, it was just great to be back and, you know, it was no sort of go between, was it 2,000, 6,000 or 15,000 fans, it was a full house, and and that, it was just, it was just, yeah, it just felt special to be there, really.
0: I the, the think it was the, uh, the Echo, so when Scott interviewed someone uh, outside the ground, before the game, and all those gentlemen, and asked them sort of what it meant to be back on the ground, and it was quite, I mean, this fella started welling up and getting quite, quite emotional about the whole thing, and uh, you know, it's clear how much football plays a part in people's lives, really. Um, and then throw into the mix the fact that that's being taken away, it's been a really tough time. Obviously, a lot, a lot of a lot of people have lost relatives, you know, family friends over the last eighteen months because of uh, because of COVID, and it just shows exactly what getting back to that stage yesterday for everyone actually actually meant. And the scenes, you know, were absolutely spectacular area really. you know it looks and sounds so much better. You know, you mentioned there the intensity in the second half was certainly uh, a lot higher than in the first half and the fans obviously pulling them, pull them the players through. And you know, as I've said this in numerous podcasts, it's you know, these are the kind of things that we going forward we shouldn't take for granted. Hopefully it's it's there to stay. We don't know, you know, we don't know how, how things are going to de- develop of course, but hopefully you know we are now back in the situation where we we've got a full house every every other week. Go to some park because it's, it's it's vital, I think, for those for those players, and um, you know to, to give them an extra sort of two or three four percent. And and obviously, work yesterday, and we and we got the win. And like you said last season, we could have lost the game. It could have been one of those games we saw it so many times last season where there was no spark because I think the spark came from the fans second half. And and you know we would have would have lost the game. Uh, but going back to obviously the the the, the nightmarish start, you know, in, in a mm. in a pretty poor first half. We had a few chances. Um, it's been highlighted already on on match of the day, and it was obvious that we were getting down the flanks and putting crosses in. It was no no secret before the game that's how we were going to how we were going to set up. Um, and you know, we, we we created a few nearly moments. I think you know, crosses coming in for Calvert Lewin. He came close a couple of times, um, and and it just I think I think Alan had had a had a, uh, a strike as well, decent strike right at the keeper from about 18 yards out. So we were probably the better side in the first half, but then you can't legislate for the mistake that was made by by Michael Keane. And I wonder, Pete, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, Ben Godfrey, we, we think he was isolating. Uh, there was five players, which, which, which weren't named. And we know, Hamas is, is classed as one, Moise Keane is two, Andre Gomez probably three. Uh, and obviously, Ben Godfrey, there was rumours, I think, Friday night that he was going to be missing. What are your thoughts on the center back pairing yesterday because obviously Michael Keane and Holgate got the nod Jeremy Mina came on late on um would you have gone for that given that, that Ben Godfrey was out or would, would you have played Jeremy Mina for one of Keane and I I've got
1: I mean I've got a few thoughts about it I, I think you've got to be careful in hindsight having you? you know hi, hindsight can be a wonderful thing and it's easy you know after a mistake like that happened to say oh you know he should have played Should have played Yeri Mina, but then they've got two very pacey forwards and probably the reason he did go with Holgate was for Holgate's pace to cover, you know, if if Che Adams or Armstrong did break in behind. So I probably think it was the right centre-half call in giving the players who were available for the game and the opposition we had. However, however, he did make a tweak in the second half. Uh, So Holgate and Keane actually swapped sides. Um... And I know they're both right-footed defenders, but they they do seem to struggle to play together. I can't remember what game it was. One of you boys would probably know. But there were there were a series of games when they did play together under Ancelotti, where they struggled. They seemed to struggle positionally. You know, there were a couple of times they both went for the same ball. Um, was it Fulham or was it Spurs?
2: Where we Fulham won it. I think it was we Fulham. Had to, was it
1: Fulham at home. We that a couple where they they uh, both gone for the, the, the same ball together Um and it was just a horror show. So, I mean, it's hard to know what happened there with, with Michael Keane. I mean, sometimes when he's on the ball, he, he can dither a bit, can't he? he? can sort of get it stuck under his feet, but he had so much time uh, and it was unforgivable really at that sort of level. I mean, if that happens Sunday league, you, you're screaming at your centre half, you know, it, it's it's really simple stuff, isn't it? If you're in trouble, if you're stuck, just get rid of it, you know, don't sit on it there when you've got a pacey striker that that's sniffing at your heels. So uh, yeah I, th- I thought it was really poor real and just hope that Michael Keane can bounce back from it because in the air he was exceptional you know e- even when that full stadium you could hear him claim everything in the air and I don't think there was one aerial duel that he he lost um you know in, in the game yesterday so it, it's sort of the the two sides of Michael Keane really and arguably you know we we bought him off off the back of, you know, looking exceptional in a Burnley side that liked to sit deep and play the low block and defend a lot in the air. And you know, Everton at that time were trying to develop more of an expansive identity. And I think he's struggled now under a, a number of managers. And he does seem to be a real confidence player. So hopefully, you know, Rafa can get the the best out of him. But I feared the worst when we went one nil down, and it did seem to. I think affect the rest of our first half. It felt like we were starting to build a bit of momentum, but we just became a bit sloppy. I think we we started to rush things a little bit, but got his yellow card. I thought I can see I can see him getting a second yellow here because you could see him getting frustrated. Um so I, I think we needed half time really to come out and be a different team. And you know, Rafa in Furnace, I think, yeah, he made that tweak at centre half and he also allowed Richarlison to come in and sort of play behind Calvert Lewin and Put grey on that left-hand side, which I thought was another key change.
2: I agree with you on the on the defensive point there. I think Mike, you're right. If Mina had a bit more games in his legs, you know what I mean, and obviously had a bit more preseason, I think he'd have started. I don't think those two are a pair at centre back. Um, and like Pete said, they have shown a pre a couple of previous games. That, you know, they've got they've got mistakes in them. I just don't think there's a real natural leader between the two of them. I know Holgate can sometimes show a bit of leadership, but. I just don't think there is a natural, real sort of—you know they're always when they always say, don't they, with centre backs, there needs to be one that's sort of your natural leader that organises the back. And I don't think either of them are that. Um, the irony with Keane's mistake there is that he started the game pretty pretty well, to be fair. Look, you know, um, and with that mistake, if you look at it, it's kind of pinged back at him a little bit. But he's actually took a good first touch. He stunned it, and he's got it under, and that's given him the time to decide what he wants to do. Then he then he obviously hesitates. And then last minute he goes to flick it back to Holgate and then obviously completely gets you know, Shea Adam nicks it in front of him. Um and it's a good ball to be fair. And it's a good finish by the lad. That he, you know, he did cause us a few issues. He's quick and he and uh, yeah, I can see him getting a few goals. He's not too dissimilar to Wings actually, in terms of his style. Um, but yeah, it was just really frustrating because it did suck a bit of the energy out of the ground and um, you know, I thought we arguably the slightly better side and probably nil nil would have been probably been the fair result going in it. Going at half time. But yeah, one thing I did say, Pete Pete just said it there, and Rafa obviously spotted it, is that Shea Adams was pulling off onto Holgate and they were hitting that long diagonal to, to, to and Adams was winning pretty much every ball. And they were the first and most second balls as well a lot of the time. So that was causing his problems. Um and then obviously Rafa's obviously seen that and then switched it round. And then like Pete just said there, I think Keane was a lot more successful against Shea Adams in the air um, and then yeah, as a result that, that was you know, reduced a little bit of an outlet for them um, but yeah look Rafa showed us there you know, a couple of little tactical changes like Carlo's done last season a couple of little tweaks that obviously you know, turned the tide in our favour didn't it um, but yeah Keane's a weird one because he's had some great games for us you know some of the most memorable ones that stick out was obviously that last ditch tackle against Salah in the derby and things like you know he's such a confidence player isn't he he's so fragile and you could almost see him with a full house there, and every time he got the ball, not long after that, everyone was a bit on edge, and obviously he'll feel that as a player as well. Um, tell you what, though, any blues
1: wondering why we've been linked with so many centre halves, you know, whether there's anything in yeah. the rumours or not, I, I think for me yesterday speaks dividends, you know, especially with Rafa going to a five at the back and bringing Yeri Mina off the bench, you know, when we're three-one up. I, I think Carlo so,
2: did that a few times last year, didn't he?
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm in corners as well. Every corner that came in, we looked nervous and we looked in trouble, didn't we? We just didn't look confident
0: at all at the back at any point. So it's really... I think some- that stems from the, the set pieces we mentioned this last week, the we, repeat yeah. uh, after the United game, how yeah. nervy we, we, we were on set pieces. And obviously we were sloppy conceding goals. And we were concerned that the good work that had been done by David Ancelotti since he came in would be undone. By by this this you know maybe total zonal zonal margin. It certainly you know it looked a bit stronger. I thought yes uh, yesterday it's certainly having um, Richardson and, and Calvin back in there for height. They both two of them are both both good in the air, and you know they 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 will definitely help out because we were quite small. I thought against United you do need that height in there. And when obviously you know Jair-Mina, uh I think Yerimina and Godfrey will become the the first choice pairing. Uh, obviously. That depends on fitness and with Yerry especially, but I think they'll become the first choice and But there's a lot of talk of Holgate maybe getting moved on. Brighton were linked uh, a few days ago, obviously trying to re- replace Ben White. So whether he moves and we look to bring someone else in, I don't know. Um, but you, know, you mentioned uh, the the changes that were made. Bad, mind you a hard time, and you know how refreshing was was it to see to see that. Lee, especially, you know, we came out for the second half and within a few minutes or so, we're back in the game, we're back at one all. you know, the intensity was up. That then gets the crowd right up. And I think at that point, I think when Richarlison scored, and by the way, what an attitude that, that lad's got, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's, he's played constant football for about the last probably 12 months, wants to play. He said he's fit, he's ready, didn't stop running all game. Um, but to, for him to, to play with that intensity get his goal um so early in the second half I thought it was vital to what's going on and winning the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, massively. You yeah. know, whenever you one 0 down like that, you want to you want to get an early goal. Don't need to give you obviously as much time as possible then to go on and get a winner. And Richarlison to be fair, massive credit, you know, massive credit. Um he was outstanding in that second half yesterday. Um you know, it's not just the goal, which I think he took really well, by the way, because that you know he had to get it. The keeper was right in front of him, and the ball wasn't dropping, so he had to keep it. You know, to get his leg over it to keep it under the crossbar. So it was a really good finish, that. Um, but you know, let's not overlook the fact that he won the corner. You know, he started. He started the second half with real intensity, Richardson. You could see it. He almost like grabbed the great uh, the game by the scruff of uh, the neck himself. Um, and he 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 really came out with some intensity. Like Pete said, there'd been a slight switch. He got played through the middle. He was almost given a bit of a free roll. He was popping up everywhere in the second half. That goal gave him the lift. Um and then like I said, you know, we 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 were the better team for a spell then for a good ten minutes after that. I thought we might get a second, we didn't quite. Um and then to be fair, so Lampson then midway through the second half came into it. Uh, a bit like I said before. You know, they start they started winning a lot of second balls. I think I texted you guys at the time saying we're losing a lot of second balls in midfield here and they're having a bit of success. Ward Prowse was whipping in corners on, on, right on pick for Z every time, wasn't he? And I thought, all they need is a glance on one of these here and it could be a goal. So, uh, you know, it was a bit nervy. But then um, Decore comes up with that goal and, you know, I thought Decore was absolutely outstanding, uh, uh, particularly in that second half yesterday. He was everywhere, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of murmurs between, and we've talked about it before, isn't it? Can he play in a two alongside Alan there? And I, I thought he got the blend perfect yesterday. He was he was box to box, which is all you know what we all thought he would be when we got him, didn't he? I think Carlo, to be fair, last year played him a little bit deeper than probably what we'd like in a lot of games. Um, and from what we've been led to believe, Rafa's challenged him on trying to get a few more goals from midfield because we didn't get a great deal from midfield last season and. That's some finish, that. I mean, that's not even half a chance, is it? It's a lovely move. Um, I thought Awobi did very well when he came on, by the way. He was direct, he carried the ball, he was involved in the second and third goal. Lovely ball through to Richarlison for the third. Um, But yeah, that's a nice little move, that, wasn't it? I mean, Sheamus got it, quick free kick, lovely little dink, almost hammers like over the two guys. Uh, Little flick from Awobi and he sort of lost control of it, didn't he? And then regained his composure again and absolutely whipped it in the top corner near post there and that, the place just went off then I mean it was absolutely brilliant I mean the celebrations were class weren't they um, he ran right over uh, to the corner isn't it the Gladys there and and and, and it just went nuts um, and, and that was great to see uh, I was on the opposite side of the ground in the top balcony you could see it all and it was absolutely fantastic to see that um, but those two players I'm, I'm sure you'll agree Pete we'd say Charlison and Decore were probably the two standouts weren't they
1: yeah, absolutely. For me, De Corvey was, was my man of the match. Um, I know that Charleston was had a brilliant game as well, but like you say, he was just absolutely everywhere and um, you know, really came forward. He carried the ball for us a lot. And I think that sometimes that's what we really have missed, you know, in midfield. Um, I think for a long, long time. Someone that they can just grab the ball, be aggressive and drive forward with it and carry it and get us up the pitch quickly. Um, I don't think we've had a midfielder like that for a long, long time. So let's hope See, he stays for wasn't it? Yeah, well I well, I guess the thing with Barclay was, was one is decision making and two, you're not going to get a lot out of him defensively. Where I think is the complete package, isn't he?
2: Yeah, very much so. Mike, what did you want to ask you, Mike? Actually, I know you watched the thing. What did, what do you think of um two new signings like Gray and Townsend?
0: I, I've i said it since the, since he came in and you know. People haven't been happy, I suppose, with the transfer Business so far Um we well, obviously we know the situation, but that right, I said both of them I thought were pretty shrewd signings. I think I probably talked off um, Demari, okay? I have to call him onze on last week's podcast. I can't listen to it back. I think uh, it's just in my head all the time, Anze, okay? I don't even know why, uh, but uh, I thought Demari, right? I think he he could turn out to be a really, really exceptional signing. I keep on saying he's got a point to prove, you know, he's 25 years of age, and um, he's, he's you know, won the league with Leicester, tried to go abroad fair the lad to try, to try and make a career for himself in Germany um, didn't quite work out, but that, that shows for me a good attitude, to be honest with you he, he wants to play football uh, he's quick, he's direct I think his, his, crossing, his crossing ability is good, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will absolutely love that um, I thought he had, he had a really, really good solid debut and I think, you know, as, as the season goes on, he's going to become more and more Important for us. And he's the kind of player who, when you're looking for someone to, to relieve a bit of pressure, you can just carry the ball away. He gets past players. Um, he's going to be vital. And I thought I thought Townsend, you know what you get with Townsend, Townsend's got that bit of pace, but he works his backside off. You know, we he's up and down, is the Uh, which is, is is absolutely vital to the to the system that, that we play anyway. He's looking to get crosses in all the time. His his ability to cross across the ball is very good, obviously. Assist in his first game with a header over for Juricic Allison. Um, so I think I think both of them, did, you know, had a really good showing for the first the first outing. Uh, it would have helped them obviously having fans fans in as well. Um, but I, I think both are half decent signings. But you you know people complain obviously that we're not making signings. You know we're not spending money. But then the same people were moaning that we were spending money on crap. So you so you can't win can you? So. You've you've got to just trust trust the, the mind here and, and the, the the board to to get this right. They've still got quite, you know, two and a half weeks to go. Uh talks are ramping up to you know with to certain players according to media reports. Uh, you know, there's going to be certainly probably two or three outgoings at the very least, I think, before we get to the end of the window. So I think we'll have a, a much, much different look to the squad by the time we get to the first of September, to be honest. Uh, but those two players, as I say, they, they impress me. Um, but you know, if we go back to, to the core, right? I think that's that's the player that we we thought we were signing. I think from uh, from Watford. I think you know as we've heard this week, the mind, He wants him to play further forward. Uh, he was getting himself involved, and we know he's got that ability. You know we, he can score goals, and it's, it's a great finish. If if that's Fernandez or someone like that scoring that goal. Then it it's on every every TV channel for the next two weeks. It's a great finish, great feat, as you say. Got a bit, bit bit muddled at first, worked it out, span, and it's an absolutely fantastic finish. And the scenes the scenes at the end where you know when, when he scored that goal were just unbelievable. You know, as much as okay, you shouldn't have fans on the pitch, and especially given the the current climate. And it, it that's just 18 months, I think. That 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 was the release valve after 18 months of not being in the ground really. And you know, you got Seamus Coleman chasing someone. Down the touchline to give him his phone back and things like that. That's you know, yeah, saw that. To, yeah. and that just shows you what it, you know what, what it means to to everyone. Uh, but great finish, great to see the Corey, right? you know, a bit further forward, doing doing things up there, and you know, long 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 may that continue. Um, I thought but,
2: just go back to Townsend and Gray, mate. I thought um what surprised me with Gray, I think you saw it as well, Pete. He's obviously playing for the middle. My my opinions of him from afar, when I've seen him play for Leicester and that, is that he was you know a bit of a speed merchant, get around the outside, put a cross in. But he's actually he's he's quite tidy technically. You know, playing in those central areas, he so, he showed some neat touches in tight spaces, which you know I wouldn't say surprised me, but I didn't know that that you know he had that in the locker sort of thing. You know, so I can see why he can play central, so he has got he has got some you know some decent feet, and um he's not just you know a guy that'll just. Skin you with pace. He, he did seem to have a, a bit of intelligence about him as well, as well as having decent technique. And, you know, if you look down, he put in a great cross second half um, with his left foot where Dean just rolled it into him. He ran, he's he's just squared the defender up and gone around the outside on his weak foot and he put a great ball in that um, Don just missed. And to be fair, Townsend in the first half, cutting in on that left foot, how long have we been waiting for a right winger with a left foot there, you know, be able to whip crosses in and you know, he put a couple of lovely deliveries in, didn't he? Um, you know, just, just checking back and whipping it in. And he, he was unlucky that no one got on the end of those. So you can see already, you know, the shape that Rafa is trying to create with this team um, by obviously, you know, getting it out wide, getting it to these lads who, who can obviously whip in balls for so Dom. Um, you know, on another day, he might have got a couple of others. I mean, Dom was relatively on the periphery. He didn't get much change out of their big centre-half. He, you know played him pretty well to be fair he's a big lad and Dom didn't really win much in the air against him but then you know it was great to see him get that goal isn't it? as a striker we all know we got you know he got the goal or the winning goal in the first game last season it's great to see him get, get off the mark um, and that's a lovely move like I said before you know it's better footy a nice touch out from Richarlison out to a world we gave it back to Richarlison that's a great ball in and a little fortunate with the finish, but he was right next to the keeper. I mean, there's nothing else he could do; just get it on target, and that's what he did. Um, it was great to see Dom get him, you know, get get amongst the goals. We 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 need Richie and him um, scoring double figures this year. You know, fifteen plus both of them if we, if we can. And I think with Charleston, I know he, by by all accounts he had a sort of a bit of a poorer return last year, but we have said this before: he is definitely a player that it, it, that feeds off the emotion off a crowd, isn't he? He, he wants to perform in front of a crowd. There's certain players, like I said last year, that you know wouldn't have minded no fans being there. And there were others like him that need fans there, I think, just to feed off that energy. Um, you know, he always plays I on the you edge. I think should stop playing him on the left for I, I think it's so yeah, clear. He can play there. He can play there. but yeah, Of uh, course he you can, but you,
1: it's clear his, his best position. You get the most bang for your buck from a Charleston when you play him centrally, when he, he can play off Calvert Lewin. And he had a completely yeah, you different want him day. in the box. That second One half, it's he has got the option then to go either way. He's not a wide player, is he? You, you hardly ever see Richarlison go on the outside. He's always looking to cut on to his right
2: foot. Yeah, I think he, he he's good in the air as well, isn't he? So if you are putting crosses in, you want and you want you want Dom attacking him, you still want him in the box as well because I'd say he's just as good as Dom in the air. He's obviously just not as tall as the, and hasn't got the same leap, but he, you know he scored some cracking headers for us, doesn't he? So. For me, you're right, yeah. If you are putting in crosses from out wide, you want both of those two attacking it.
0: I think, I think um, the, the beauty of having now Towns and great, you've got two lads who can play wide who are really comfortable playing wide and are effective uh, on, on either flank. They, they can then swap flanks as well and you know be, be quite sort of fluid in that sense. I, I'd be inclined, I know obviously he, he went more central second half, but there's no harm in, in dropping in the and Brian on, on it on a permanent basis, you know, and we know he, he loves to to get in the box and come in late and score goals. We, we know how good he actually is as a, a finisher. Um he's he's a more natural finisher than, than Dom as well. And that's no not no slight on, on Calvert Lewin, but and uh, most definitely, you know, the Charleston's probably the, the better finisher. So it's good having these two new lads coming in, I think, because then you the Charles and then hopefully, you know, we can he can score more goals on last season and the two of them can, can have a, a really good good solid season. But we need to make sure that we keep on getting goals throughout the team as well. Because we had the reliance on Dom last season. And you know, that was a, a bit of a struggle at times when he wasn't scoring. On his and as Charleston wasn't firing like he did the previous season, it was a struggle. So players like of uh Townsend, uh Grey, the core, obviously, that we've that we've discussed. Kabamon, when he comes in, as well. Uh, Alan needs to start, I think, scoring a few goals. You know, he he threatened him near uh, yesterday, and um, so we need to make sure that they are spread as well. But it, I think it's a good a good problem to have. Um, you know that you've got now your two main strikers. First game of the season, they've both bagged. They're both going to be on a high, um, and and it bodes well going into the, into the Leeds game, which we will discuss shortly. Um but before before we move on to the Leeds game, I think it's important that we haven't really gone into uh, you know Rafa Benitez yesterday and and the whole story around him, if you like. We we obviously we discussed it on previous podcasts when since he's come in. Um but there's been you know conflicting reports, I think maybe in terms of the, the reaction from what I saw, you know, on from on the television, on clips and things like that, the reaction was was pretty solid. You know, the fans were, you know, the there was, you didn't hear booze as such. Um, like we said before, it wasn't, like mean, Ancelotti's arrival, was it? But it was never going to match that. But for, for yourselves, I mean, Peter, comes come to you first. What was it like in the ground when when the manager came came out for the first time? Was it, was it generally a positive reaction, would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I thought he got a good reception and it I, I sort of felt like the message was, you know, look, we're, we're going to give you a chance, we're going to back you. Um, and in fairness to, to Rafa, I thought he, he handled it really well. What I liked was I liked how he came on the pitch and he had the, the sort of the like an Everton pin on, didn't he, pin badge, and he sort of gave it a tap. And I, I can remember the fella next to me saying, look, he, for me, he should have done that in the United friendly, you know, go and applaud the fans. And I thought, well, you know, yeah, m- maybe fair enough. But for that first game, I thought that was quite an important gesture, really. And I liked how he, after the game, he came onto the pitch as well, um, to, I guess to speak with the players. But, you know, for him to be visible, as sort of Everton manager and, you know, sort of building a relationship with, you know, the club and the players and being present. Um, I thought, I, I, you know, I thought he did the right thing. I thought he got the balance right and, yeah, the fans backed him.
0: Do we you anything your end, Lee, from, uh, from the top balcony? Because talk sports, as, as per usual, are whiffing up things again, just more and saying about how you beat the Boo Boys and all that. And, you know, were, it's a non-story, really, for me. Um, but what, what did you what did you do in the in the top balcony? Anything? Yeah,
2: yeah. I I, I would say uh, there was there was a very small minority, a couple of boos, only small. I'd say the majority it wasn't it wasn't absolutely raucous when he came out and they announced him. But I would say it was kind of like you know, uh, sort of strong and moderate applause really. And I think that's kind of where we are as fans, isn't it? I think I said to you boys. Um, You know, you know, before we were talking about recording this today, like I still probably find it a bit hard to love the guy yet. I think you know, um, it's not like Carla where you had that instant sort of connection with him because he's a world class manager and speaks very well. And you know, you know, as I said to you this time last year, twelve you know, twelve months ago, we were we were all absolutely ecstatic, weren't we? Even though we couldn't go the game, you know, the signings we brought in, and it just felt like the complete opposite going into that game yesterday where. We've spent 1.7 million in the market. Arguably, our best player is, you know, inverted commas off off with the you know isolation. You know, when we all probably know he's potentially going out the window. Sadly, um, well, certainly sadly from my perspective, I know it's split fans uh, about Hammers. But um, so yeah, so you know that was that was another thing as well. You know, if, if it had gone against us and with no Hammers playing either, it could have easily gone sour. But. We all know he needs to have a strong start across these games to, to make it a little bit more bearable. Um and we are gonna look let's have it right, we are gonna have hiccups along the way. Um and there will be times the is gonna be questioned. But like we've said on um, every single time, it feels like we've said it with every bloody manager, but he's gonna he's gonna need time to bring his own plays in. Um hopefully, uh not not Rondon and Longstaff. Um <laughs> Uh, please, God, don't let us bring bring those two fellas in, but um, but yeah, overall, I think you know what you get with Rafa, and what I'm starting to see is what a lot of players who've worked with him, what other people, other fans have said about him. He's not going to be the type of manager like your Klopp or your Ancelotti, things like that, and even Jose to an extent, he's going to be on the pitch giving players absolute high fives and hugs and making them feel a million dollars. He's quite a serious character, isn't he? Um, even when Richie came off there, I watched him to see if he did anything with Richie when he came off. And obviously, he came off to the applause. Richie being Richie was almost semi sulking a little bit. That fact he was coming off still because he probably thought there was another goal in it for him. But he just gave him a little tap on the back of the head, nothing more. You know, shook his hand, little tap on the back of the head. It wasn't like an embrace or anything like that to say, you know, brilliant performance. He just gave him a little, a little, a little tap. And that almost like, you know, goes in goes in line with what Gerard has spoke about him, hasn't he, and, and even Carragher. But more Gerard has said like, you know, I think Rafa got the best out of me because I was constantly trying to impress him, and he never really gave me any praise. Um, so mate, that's his style of management. Not everyone is going to be an arm around the shoulder, give you a hug type. Um, so we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But yeah, overall, first game at Goodison, he's got the win. Um, obviously, like you said, Mike, a lot of the press outlets were dying for him to lose that first match so they can start you know, talking it up. Um, but yeah, I thought overall, a decent a decent, you know, home day, if you want to call it that for him. He, he made the switches that changed the game and brought the sub on that also had an impact as well. So overall, we've got to give him time. But I, as I said, it's going to take a bit of time for me. I don't know what you think, Pete, but just, just to love the guy and warm to him because he's so well thought of by the Reds more than anything else, really.
1: Probably the most important thing is he got a response from the players at 1-0 down at half-time. I think, yeah. you know, regardless of, of, of sort of maybe mixed reviews amongst the fan base, for me, that's the most important thing. You know, 1-0 one, one down, not a brilliant half of football. And, you know, whether it's, you know, tactically or what's said in the you know in the dressing room, he's got a response from the players. And I think if he's been able to do that in what could have been a you know, a big banana skin for us, um, then hopefully that's a good omen.
0: I think, though, I mean, I'd argue with anyone. You know, we, we talk about the reception the he got yesterday, but how, how he conducts himself, and um, Lee, obviously, the, the line he uses, he's, he's hard to love. I think what, what, he's, what he's always probably done and what he's started to do since he's come in is he's started to make it not about him because everyone else is making it about him. And he's sort of saying, well, I'm just the the manager, the face, if you like. But it's about the players on the pitch. So the, this the, the little sort of you know, yeah, he came on and, and got warm applause. He didn't go into the middle of the pitch and look at he just you know a few little claps. Right, but I'm, I'm going going to the bench. Do you know what I mean? The Charleston comes off, little tough, right? I'm, I'm watching the game, concentrating on the game. You know, he's I think he's very very direct. He's very to the point. He's down the line. You know. But what, what he says goes basically you know and, and that's it he, he seems to be very very involved in obviously the tactical side of things That the, the players I think it came out last week that a lot of the senior players are saying how how much they notice the the increase in intensity in trading um, and obviously that, that obviously impresses them because you know you can see yesterday the players you know they, they looked at they were full of it weren't they the, the fitness level seems to be there I know obviously the enthusiasm uh, gets you through the game having obviously fans in the ground pulls you through as well but i think they looked a, a, a lot sharper and especially second half but i just think that, that the manager is, is very keen to sort of step away almost you know it's it's a case of will you are, you're going to talk about me because of my, pre, my previous links i think he's quite keen to forget about that Um he said in the program notes uh, you know whatever club i'm at i fight for it's as simple as that, that that's what i'm here to do um, and he just wants to get on with his job. I think we, we've said already he's clearly got a backbone because he took the job in the first place and he was keen to take the job. I don't think he cares what anyone thinks. Uh, I don't think as much as Liverpool fans might you know love him and what have you, and he's held in high regard there, uh, he's he's a football manager and he he will go with the workers where he thinks he, he can do a job. Yeah, he's got an affiliation with that club. But now his affiliation with Everton Football Club, and as a fan base, whether we we've liked the appointments or not, whether you felt that you can get on board with it or not, I think you've just got to now. If you if you if you're in that that group of people who you know are still saw things on Twitter yesterday about people going a game and you know the determined to boom from start to finish and all that, if you're in that camp, I, what I'd probably say to do is you just need to now bite your lip and, and get on with it and just just support the lads. It's as simple as that. Because if, if he fails, we fail. That's that's it's it's that simple really. Um but he couldn't have got a better start. He, he showed his his tactical mouse with the couple of changes that he made uh, absolutely spot on Ch- Changed change the game in our favour. And just little things like that. You know it's, it's important. We mentioned about the predictability and I know Matter they highlighted yesterday about us we put in 17 crosses um, I think that that's across every five and a half minutes or something like that over the course of the game, which was up by about three or four on last season. Um, it's important we don't become too predictable in that sense. We know that's how he likes to play. We know we obviously with a central striker like Calvert Lewin, that's how he like what he likes to do like he's probably the better sides. You know you're not going to have it all all your own way. But I think you know he did show yesterday that he he has got that tactical nous to make little tweaks and and also the game. And, you know, it's positive first game. Um, and as Evertonians, so I think we've got to come away from there and be delighted that. Three points on the board, first game of the season. And, you know, we've we made a really solid start and we've seen some some really positive things through the game.
2: I, I'd, I'd agree with that, wholeheartedly agree with that, yeah. You, what well, you're not going to get with Rafa, uh, like a lot of, sort of some modern managers are now, Is you're not going to see him running down a touchline, are you? Yeah, I mean if you scored a last minute winner or something like that, he's not that type of guy like Klopp or, you know, even to some extent when Duncan took over temporarily and other managers, Jose, running down to the corner flag, giving it the fist be pumped and all that. You're not going to get that with him. Sometimes as fans, we love that, don't we? We love that they're they're just as involved as we are. You're just not going to get that. Um okay, you could say Carla was wasn't exactly like that either, you know. Um he's been there, seen it, done it. Um but it'll be interesting to see if 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 Rafa gets more out of these players. Um, gets more out of these players than than Carlo actually did. Um, there's a lot of people saying that. I mean, I watched. Um, I think you boys are seeing. I know you said you have Mike. What's the overlap on on Sky the other day? Okay, it was a YouTube program that they're, they're trying with Keane, uh, Carragher, and Neville. Obviously talking to um, uh, you know a host of fans. Baz was there from Toffee TV and, and made some great points. Really, um, you know, basically representing our club, and I thought he did it brilliantly. And 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 put you know. Put it on, put it on them in terms of the panel and what their thoughts were. And you know, Carragher was giving it beans a little bit when he's saying, "I can't wait until we're two 0 up at, at Goodison, and then we're all going to start singing the Rafa song and all that." And Baz put him in his place a little bit and called him a blue still. Um, and you haven't won there for eleven years, mate, So pipe down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting actually because you know we are getting, like I said before, we are going to have, we're, we're probably going to have to face that situation, aren't we, at some point? It is conceivable we might go down in a derby, either Giddison or their place or whatever, and, it's, and they're going to start singing it just to wind us up. So um, we're going to see. Let's just see um, how, how that plays out. Because there will be more testing times. Um, you know, we're not going to steamroll every game. Like you said, Mike, we're going to come across much better sides. Um, but for me, we have to improve um, in the window. We have to improve. If you if you don't improve in in, in every window... And push that first eleven, or break, get players that come into that first eleven. Um, you know, you're going to go backwards. It's as simple as that. And it, not only does it lift the fans, because it you know it gives us it something to exciting to see if it's a winger or something like that, or a striker in particular, or a midfielder. It, it lifts the players as well. You know, it lifts the players. If you're bringing in players that you're going to threaten their place, then we all know what happens. We all know that they like raise their level to try and basically keep that guy out of the team. So, you know we've got two weeks left until the end of the window I, I did want to mention about a subject that was brought up on the overlap show actually to see what you two boys thought but they they were talking about um the profit and loss slash ffp rulings um and you know is there a way is there ways around it um and then um gary neville made a really interesting point so we're interested to see what you boys think of it so so actually baz asked the question and said earlier what what are your boys thoughts on ffp because We've got the top four that finished the top four last season, the same top four season before. I've just watched a preview on Super Sunday for the Tottenham City game, and they're saying that it's going to be the same top four again predict they're predicting the same top four again, and it probably will be um and it might be a two or three horse, maybe even a four horse race for the title. I think it'll be between Chelsea and City personally um but it's it's just you know there's no competition, and you know we've got a billionaire owner with an even bigger billionaire that sits behind him and they can't pump money into the club. And that was kind of what was posed to the panel. Um, and Nev came back with uh, the answer to say, well, he agreed that it needed to be changed and City have almost managed to swerve the way around it through sponsorship deals, etc." But he's basically said, look, if, if you've got a wealthy owner, they should be able to pump money into the business, into the club. Um, and his way around it was saying along the lines of, well, let's say Everton wanted to sign Harry Kane, for example, for 150 million plus wages. And then that would be then the owner who stumps up the cash to show they've got the funding to support that. And then it goes under a guarantee slash bond with the premier league. And then they can see that the affordability is there and they ratify the transfer. So it's an interesting concept that he came up with, with that to say like that allows then you know, owners like Machiri to be able to put money into the club. Cause I've, I've never seen anything like it. There's rulings that stop owners from putting money into the club so therefore they have to like dress it up or guise it up in a different way to get money in which is kind of what City have done and that's what City are going to court about now so it's, it's just bonkers because then it just keeps the status quo it keeps that same top four it almost creates a glass ceiling so I just wonder what you thought about that idea about maybe the Premier League maybe if they did change the FFP rulings then to kind of change it to that type of thing
0: I think I think the key thing with this you mentioned obviously the bond and, and what have you the, the key point from that was it, it wouldn't be against the club it'd be no. solely for you know against the, the the owner uh invested it themselves and like you say you know the, the only business in the world where you know you can't put money in, in into your own business because of all all the rules and as long as the that they can prove that they can they can finance the transfer i don't see what the issue is we've got it we've got to find a way i mean people can say you only know, saying this because obviously we're in the predicament that we're in at the moment with with transfers, but you've got to try in a way to, to adjust the balance. But I think the biggest issue is the powers that be don't want that. That that's that's the bigger issue there. Um, you know they, you know whether it be UEFA, whether it be the Premier League, they're quite happy to, to for things to carry on the way the way that they do. Um, and to have the, the same the same teams competing at the top end of the table, UEFA certainly are. Um, and it's wrong. You know, we, we go back to, you know, pre Premier League, and every season it was an open competition, effectively, wasn't it? You know, you have you have different sides competing at the, at the top of the table. Um, and yet the Premier League's been great, of course. Of course, it has for, you know, for, for the money which is coming to the game. But it, it's been great in one sense. But then in another sense, it's it's made it, it's made, made gaps. And, and the gaps have now got to the point where, they're almost irreversible until they do something about the, uh, you know, the money was can you, can you can be you can be used in the club itself, you know, and and that's that that's such a such a sad state of affairs because we want an open and as fair as as we can possibly have.
2: Yeah, there's an argument to say a lot of fans from the Everton point of view have made some good points on Twitter. I've been reading, say, well, look, it's our own fault because we've obviously you know. Basically, you know, threw a lot of money up the wall uh, with a lot of signings uh, over the last since Mascheri's come in. You know, we've made some some good signings, but we've made some really bad ones as well. But okay, that coincides with having too many managers coming through the door as well. But so have other clubs, my argument to be there with so have other clubs, you know, you look at someone like Arsenal who spent seventy million on Pepe. You you'd arguably say right now is is a failure in terms of a signing. Yet they can still go out and spend fifty million on on, on Ben White at centre half. You know, so they've just got the the higher revenue, okay, albeit with the stadiums and like that and the other sponsorship deals and everything else. So they're further down the track, but that that allows them still to make mistakes in the market like we have done, but still go out and spend a load of money on players. Look at United, it's for 80 million on Maguire, it's, you know, 80 90 million on Pogba, you know, they've just bought Varane for 40 million, they just bought Sancho for 80 million. Yeah, I mean, it's just literally, it's, it's like, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. City are arguably probably going to get the Kane deal over the line. I think they will. That's, then they're spending a quarter of a billion on two players. Uh, it, it's, it's bonkers, you know. On, t- on top of that, other teams, are, you know, Chelsea have just spent 100 million on the car After spending a load of money last season as well, so for me, the sad state of affairs. What you're seeing now is is that golf is just getting bigger and bigger. You know, Denzel Dumfries has just gone for 10 million quid to Inter on the verge of. Yeah, we couldn't even raise the funding, and by all accounts, if you read the uh, the Dutch media, and Mike, you said this as well. You know, we were trying to we were trying to get him over on a loan with a view to buying him next season because we can't afford to pay ten million. I mean, what sort of competition are we in where we've got a billionaire owner and we can't buy a ten million pound right back who was one of the best players in the Euros? Yeah, mm. I mean, it's 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 bonkers. And yeah, other clubs are out there spending spending that sort of money on on players, um, much bigger money on 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 players. So it just worries me that that golf is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger again, and then we're just going to be left with a scenario going, well, it's the same top four. Let's just guess the order again. You know what I mean? And just I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe it will change. Maybe it won't. Like you said, Mike. The worry is, do, this, do the do the guys at the top want to see a change? And
0: maybe they don't. And that that's the thing. That, that's a concern, isn't it? You know, and ho- hopefully it, it is is addressed. I mean, it's taught that You, you feel looking to address it, but. Even then, what they what they uh, proposing doesn't address it. It still means that the the sides who are making the most money can can spend more money, and it's it's just it's just a ridiculous ridiculous concept. But we'll see. You know, let, let's see how, how those how those rules develop. But let's let's uh, let's jump back into the on field action if we can. And the obviously the this time of the season the fixtures do do come. Come thick and fast, and the first away game we've got, first you know, our next game is is against Leeds away from home. Um, a Leeds side they were against Manchester United in a in a decent game we we turned over five one. Um, but it's you know we we play in Leeds Leeds twice twice last season, um, and obviously the reputation they've got for for being probably the fittest team in the league. You know, they run the most. Um, it's not going to be a game that, one, well, we certainly can't take it lightly. We People are talking about, obviously, oh, we've got like a, a, an easy start to the season. The going to Ellen Road, first time they've had full set of fans there um, as well. Their first home game of the season. It's not a place probably I'd, I'd pick to go, Pete, in our first away game of the season.
1: No, it's going to be a really tough game. And I, I think we'll, we'll find out a lot about um, our Everton side, I think after after the Leeds match. I I don't think people can can really factor the five one result into the game at, at Ellen Road because I think we'll see a response. And I think in it you know it was an odd game I think for for anybody to watch the match, watch the highlights. It was very, very open. Uh, Leeds were unlucky, I think with two or three of their chances. Uh, I think it, it could have been a very different result. Um I think by no means did you know did five one Reflect a game where they, you know, they were absolutely hammered, or you know, I think it was five clinical goals and a little bit of fortune um, for United and a bit of misfortune for Leeds. So I think it's going to be a really, really tough match. You know, the the fifth, they're organised. Um, you know, this looks like it, it could be a standout season for Rafinha. Um, you know they, they, they sort of acquired for for last season sort of bedded him in, and he's now now seems to be a you know firm starter, and a lot of clubs are watching him. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's going to be a hard match. What what I am hoping though is the the sort of the counter attacking style that we seem to be forming might suit us well for playing against Leeds, and we might see us allowing them to have a little bit more of the ball. Than we might do with other sides, and looking to try and exploit them and get down the sides of their fullbacks. Um, so it's going to be an interesting match. I'm looking forward to watching it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, obviously, from a tactical point of view how it differs from from the game against Southampton. Uh, obviously, like you say, Peter, the chances are Leeds are going to want want more of the ball, Um, so we will hopefully be able to play on on that on the counter, uh, which which certainly suits our our setup. Um, hopefully. Ben Godfrey is, is back and available. Um, certainly, he was probably one player who was missed, missed against Southampton. And, and for me, he'll come back into the side. Um, Mina, potentially, we could see those two coming into the back um, and, and form a, a new partnership. Um, but what are your thoughts, Lee? I mean, like I said, tough game. Pete, Pete obviously said the same thing. It's going there is. With fans is is even more difficult. than it. we got a great win there last season. Um, again, no no fans in. But it's it's a place where you know historically I think we always struggled, didn't we? Even even when they got relegated, I think uh, we played them in 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 a the, in the, in the cup game there and got beat. And it's just a place that we notoriously just don't like to particularly go to. Um, very very few highs over the years, but. You know, we we certainly can go there with with hope that we can get something from the game after what we saw against Southampton because we we've got players now who can, you know, if we are gonna sit there and look to counter who can play effectively on the counter.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I I have yeah, I was at that cup game actually as well at Ellen Road uh, with a few mates who are Leeds fans. And um yeah, I've I've been to Ellen Road a lot. I used to go a lot as a kid. Um with my dad actually, because one of his best mates was a Leeds fan, and um, yeah, you know, we've not had a great record there. The only bit of success I can really properly remember is obviously, other than last season when we played really well, was Rooney's goal, wasn't it? it was his infamous goal there uh, to, to sort of break the hoodie. We hadn't won there for a long time when he scored that cracking goal. Um, but yeah, you know, Bielsa's brought them up um, playing a certain type of football. As we know, um, they are a great team to watch. Leeds. They did change up a little bit towards the end of last season when, you know, they started to look like a little losing a little bit of fitness because all the games are catching up with them. But they, they did become a little bit more sort of harder to beat towards the end of the season. It worked for them because they had, you know, a half-decent run in. But then they looked like the Leeds um, evolved a little bit yesterday at Old Trafford and the fact that, you know, they've conceded five goals, which they did on a few occasions last season. But then... They easily can sometimes follow that with a 5-1 win themselves the following week. Um, and that type of thing. hopefully they don't do that this time, obviously. But it won't be an easy game because, like you just alluded to there, it's, it's their first home game of the season. Um, and first home game in front of a full house as well in the Premier League for a long time, isn't it? So it's going to be absolutely bouncing there. Um, just like it was bouncing for Brentford the other day, their first game in the top flight for a very long time. And, um, you know they they gave Arsenal a really tough game, so I can see it being a tough, tough, tough fixture. Actually, full house. The key is like we did when we when we played them and uh, the Carlo is is we matched them for endeavour, didn't we? We matched their run their their, you know, their running stats in that game, and that's the key to beat this Leeds team. You have to match them physically in that respect. And if we do that and we stay we stay solid, then I think we have a you know very good chance. We showed some real quality um, with a, a couple of goals that we took there as well um, last season so yeah I think it'll be a good game um, like I said we'll probably have to see out a bit of a storm early doors and then, then sort of ease our way into the game and then I think we've got a chance of hopefully getting a similar result like we did when we played them and, and in a similar fashion as well
0: Yeah and and first away day of the season obviously Everton fans travelling to, to Ellen Road one of the, the great sorts of early Premier League fixtures or older fixtures, if you like, going going yeah. through Allen Road. So it's, it's great, it's great for away fans to, to be back travelling as well. Um and you know that will that will hopefully make a bit of a difference as well to, to our lads to have that that away support, that away support there. Um but as I say, it could, it could be a game for a few changes, I think. I think Charles and obviously he's gonna he's gonna play, but you need to be careful with Richardson with the number of games he's played. And um again, if we can get a, a couple of transfers through the door then hopefully at, at some point we can relieve a bit of treasure on him. because uh, he's been cut up by Brazil again for the next international break. Um so we, they haven't even said, you know, I've I've that that um, international window off. He's he's gonna be going and sovereign again. Um so it's a game it's a game which, you know, like you said, Le- Le- Leeds can lose a lose a game one week five one. And then the next week they can do it to someone else. And it just depends obviously what what Leeds turned up and what Everton. It- Everton turns up as well. They've, they've got to go into the game full of confidence. Um, obviously, the, it's the, the first, the first little notch for the manager, the first little tick in the box, you know, to to show what what that side, what that side can do. Um, but certainly, a, a really tricky first away game of the season, and I'm not a place I would have chosen to go. But you've got to you got to play them all at some point, uh, twice in the season. But I think it, I think a positive result there, whether it be a win or a draw. Would be great. And you know, I'm not saying go there to or draw the game, but if you just keep on ticking over, keep the points coming. I think that'll that'll be be really positive for, for the fan base as well. Um, but let's have some predictions then if we can before we before we wrap up, Pete. What are we saying? Ellen Road, Saturday's three o'clock.
1: I'm gonna go for a, a, a double score draw, two two. Two two.
0: Exciting game could be late.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say that. Um the optimist in me thinks we might nick it two one, um, but I, I just think it'll be uh, I think it'll be one one for me. Um, and like you said, Mike, a draw. You know, their first home game of the season is not a bad result.
0: I, I had one I one as well. I think I think I think if we do come away with a draw. Um, that's a real positive result for the first away game. Uh, always difficult, like you said. Arsenal going to Brentford. They obviously just come up difficult game for them going there. Uh, fans now, are, you know, we the level of going away to neutral venues as we have, you know, for the last eighteen months. Months has gone. So if we can come away with a draw, then then great, you know. And if we can come away with a win, even better. But I'm going to say one all, and you know, be be, be fairly satisfied with that, to be honest. Um, but that's us for this week, lads. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, the fantasy league is well underway now as well, which we will be covering uh every every few weeks or so uh fernandez captain yesterday for me about 20 000 points for me there last uh yesterday what, what a great pick um but still being a the, relegation the,
2: the, fight mate
0: i don't doubt it listen i, I had i had uh, fernandez with all his points and then i had um cavani up front didn't play um didn't
2: Cavani at front because i just picked he, him i he, didn't he was, even edit He's, was, well, it's team. well known. He's not
0: he's not gonna play the first few weeks. That's it, isn't it? That's it. But you know, we'll uh, we'll see where I am, you know, when things start to settle down in a few weeks anyway. But um there we go. But well, we'll we'll go through the fantasy every every few weeks as well for those who are who are involved. Lee Lee loves it as we all know. Um so we can he can lead on that section. But we'll be back, we'll be back next week, um after the Leeds game, hopefully discussing a positive results so we will catch you then.
1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.